You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. What's up, people? I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 233 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, is my co-host, Nick Stumbo. God bless us, <laughs> everyone. Okay, so we watched A Christmas Carol very recently. Um, but not just any Christmas Carol, a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, um, so there's like 18 versions It's like little, there. I think it's little Timmy, who's Kermit's uh, son, who says that. Yeah. Is that what it's originally from? Is the yeah, original Christmas Carol? As far as I know. Yeah. You, Charles man, you, Dickens. You pulled that one, no problem. Oh man, well, we watched it Must really. Must have been fresh on your mind. Very, very yeah. fresh. Definitely. So, uh, honest question. What is your favorite, like traditional Christmas movie? Like what does pre, traditional mean? I just mean like pre-1980s, like the older ones. What oh. is there one you always have to watch as a family? You know, Good a question. Life, Christmas Carol. Good question. Um, I, I mean, to any any person who asks me this question, it's Die Hard. Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. But traditional, I know, I know. That's I just want to make sure. Circle back. You Not know, you repeat it movie, over and over. But that's another podcast. Uh, White Christmas is probably uh, the one. Um, I mean, I like uh what, like it's a wonderful life, love that. But um, and I love, yeah. I think White Christmas is the one. Bing Crosby, the music in that, so memorable. Um, that's just the one I remember watching a lot growing up, and that's the one I go. It feels like a warm blanket. You yeah. just, you know, you watch and you're like, yeah, this is right. Always right in the world. What about you? Um, big uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Okay, fan the real Which, Santa Claus okay. thing. Because there's that's a couple cool. different versions, right? There's a much newer one. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Either one. But I think the they're, they're actually one. quite similar. Just one's in color. <laughs> one's in black and white. Uh, different That's actors, right. obviously. Um, totally. Yeah. Or A Christmas Carol. That Because I've seen The Christmas Carol like in theater a number of oh, okay. times, yeah. I, I just appreciate the, the storyline because of that, probably having seen it live action. Totally. Yeah. I love the, the message actually behind that. Just watching it again. Uh, the transformation you see in Scrooge. It's cool. Anyways, yeah. let's not get too philosophical on that. Good stuff. Good um, stuff. <clears throat> so the reason why you asked about Christmas is because this week is Christmas. And so we had Dan Howie, who's our online groups administrator on, and we talked through what it looks like to stay healthy and in recovery during Christmas. Yeah. And we really want Christmas to be a blessing yeah. for everyone right. and not have it be, as we often hear, it can often be a, a season where people crash and burn, whether in relationships and getting into big arguments yeah. or family squabbles or finding themselves trapped into an yeah. old pattern of relapse because something kind of came up unexpected. There's there's just so much that comes, and we talk about it in the episode, uh, that can really derail us from enjoying what is meant to be a time yep. to celebrate Christ and family and the love of God, and and we want it to be that for people. Mm -hmm. So I think today's episode is just um, our kind of, that that couple of friends sitting down with you yep. just talking about yep. how is this going to be a good week yep. for you, and I hope it really gives everyone some ideas, and for even those that are listening way after Christmas, you know, they're catching up on their podcast. Um, I think there are a lot of principles in here just about health and recovery mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. guardrails uh, that would benefit us in any season of life, but particularly around family celebrations, holidays, Christmas, that absolutely. sort of thing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, okay, well, we've got a few things for you real quick before we get into today's episode. First, subscribe to the podcast. If you're not, we are on all the major platforms. Don't wait any longer. It just, you just push a button. It's free. Promise. Um, also, uh, if you could leave us a review, it helps other people find the podcast. And that means a lot to us. You can also follow us on social media at Pure Desire PDMI. And you can find full episodes of this podcast on YouTube. Just search Pure Desire Ministries. 
And something that we say a lot, and I know even in this context of this being a Christmas episode, um, it may sound cheesy, but we genuinely mean it when we say it, that the greatest gift you can give someone else is your own health. Um, and one of the best ways that we encourage people to start that journey of health is our video course, course called Sexual Integrity 101. Yeah, you you said it. It's really a journey towards health and recovery, whether for ourselves or walking through the betrayal side that uh, Sexual Integrity 101, the video course, is really going to give you an overview of what this journey is all about, uh, what to expect, what freedom looks like, how relationships can change. And so if you've never watched it, maybe you're going to have some free time over totally. the holidays. You could uh, start walking through that online, or maybe you've been through it, but this is prime time as we're heading into January and New Year. Uh, to just ask God to say, who could I walk through with this? Mm -hmm. Could we do it as a small group? Yeah. Could could I meet with some of the men in our church, some of the women in our church, start a small group or a Bible study yep. and use this as the discussion point? Because I think as you've gained awareness in your own life, then God wants to use you to open that door of awareness yep. in someone else's. And, and Sexual Integrity 101 is just kind of a great um, first step into this area to really understand ourselves and one another better. So I yep. uh, hope people will consider those ways to use it. And um, yeah, just tons of great content there. Totally. So if you want to start your journey to sexual health and healing from betrayal trauma, just go to puredesire.org slash 101. You can get both the digital and the DVD copies of Sexual Integrity 101. All right, here's our time and conversation with Dan Howie on Christmas and recovery. Dan Howie, welcome back, friend. Why, thank you so much for having me back for maybe the fourth time this year. Nick, do you think it's possible for anyone on staff to do like a normal greeting? Just when we say hi, welcome to the podcast. I, yeah, I think you kind of set them up, Trevor. Oh, that they, they it's now me. Are, they're oh. now concerned about it. It's yep. not him. Because you it's made you. an issue of it. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Not me. <sighs> maybe they're not as comfortable <laughs> okay. on the podcast as you and I who you know, do this all the time. We yep. do all this. We do this a yeah. lot. Um, okay. So real question to both of you. I'm just curious. Dan, we'll start with you. Do you okay. like Christmas? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Nick, do you like Christmas? That's a very broad question. Like Correct. Season, it's a yes or the, no. The, the day itself, the concept. What? Yes or no. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. I I'm just, the only I no. comment more That's awesome. if I knew like what part in particular you're inquiring about. When you, okay, here's a, here's a more filled out question. What is the first emotional thing that comes to mind when you hear the word Christmas? Is it positive or is it negative? It's somewhat terror-filled joy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Terror-filled joy. Yeah. And that's our it episode. Has, Thanks. It we'll has see you next the week. ability to go so many different directions. 100%. And every day is like a surprise. Yep. It's like those, it's just a surprise. Yes. A little egg that you get and open. And what am I going to get today? Bloody claws. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. This a is getting cane. way out of hand. Wait. I... This is, I went way off script. I'm sorry. Okay. So uh, listener, we are, as you know, knee deep in the holiday season and Christmas is coming. Insert Ned Stark meme, right? Uh, it is coming this week. So uh, because Christmas is this week, we are bound to spend time with or around family. And we wanted to talk about how to stay in recovery during Christmas. Uh, yes, this almost is like an obligatory episode that we do every year. But the reason why we come back to it. Uh, is because it's so important. This is something that we are going to run into every single year. So um, let's just start with this first question just to kind of set the stage, Dan. Why is Christmas or, or yeah, why can Christmas be such a difficult time while in recovery? Uh, well, my first thought when I read this question was eggnog. 
First of all, that there's no reason to have it. And then I've seen even with a little bit of spice rum in it, you that have makes eggnog? it worse. It just like oh, things wow. go off the rails okay. quickly. Wow. Uh, it can be difficult. Um, going to Christmas at the house. Yeah. <laughs> right. Huh. Be get a surprise <laughs> of some sort. Um, I think the reason um, it can be such a difficult time is it's just unique to the year. Mm. I mean, there's just no other time like it. And um, you just have to, things pop up that would never pop up at, yeah. at any other time. Yeah. Like um, for, for, for us, for Christmas, I found out something new this year. I found out that, well, let me just back up. The, the Christmas before, the Christmas season before I started my recovery, um, I went on a trip and I was dropping my kids off because we were splitting time with my kids and, and I dropped my kids off and I went alone and I, I, I hooked up with someone before I came back. And my wife was asking me, Jen was asking me, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm just getting a, a Christmas gift for mm -hmm. you. So mm -hmm. I was trying to cover up in the moment because I wasn't expecting that answer. I came home empty, empty handed and she kind of figured out, mm -hmm. well, you probably weren't. And I tried to play it off like I was looking. Um, and then later that season, uh, we sat around the Christmas tree as we've had this podcast before that uh, I just told her what was going on. Mm -hmm. She... Um, doesn't like Christmas gifts from me right now or has ever really liked ever, ever since that. Mm. Um, so that's a trigger yeah. for her, yeah. me buying her a Christmas gift. She doesn't really like it. Had I known that like for the last eight years, mm -hmm. I could have saved a lot of money. <laughs> right. I don't think that's the proper response. No, but, but I, it could yeah, have been, but totally. Yeah. I mean, it's just, this just a unique time and, and there's un, unknown and yeah. hidden, hidden potholes and treasures all over the place. So it just, it's just, it can be a very difficult time mm -hmm. uh, for recovery. I think a couple of things come to mind. First is having no clue who Ned Stark is. That's really holding back oh. my navigating <laughs> Christmas. But the other thing would be three letters, F-O-O, -O, family of yes. origin. And on a lot of yes. different levels and layers, because for some people, it's not being with their family of origin mm -hmm. and the sense of loss or people that have mm -hmm. physically died and they're not with them. So there's sometimes hurt or pain, wounds, trauma, not getting to go yeah. home. That can be triggering. Yeah. For a lot of other people, it's being around your mm -hmm. family of origin. And what we've talked about in this podcast many times, that there's a tendency to revert back into some old roles, mm -hmm. um, some yeah. old habits, old yep. patterns that just can come out or for people who are in that first year or two of recovery, it can feel like kind of backtracking because they discover parts of them, kind of like you're saying, Dan, that haven't really been addressed. Mm -hmm. New stuff pops up and yep. it's like, oh my goodness, I haven't felt angry like this in six months. What's going on? Yep. Like mm -hmm. it, it's family of origin issues. Right. And the yep. truth is we can have the world's greatest family and still have uh, unresolved family of origin issues, whether it's because of current conflict or past issues or yep. ways that our family made us feel or ways mm -hmm. that maybe one particular parent or person in our family made us feel kind of stuffed into a certain role mm -hmm. or feel condemned mm -hmm. or criticized, whatever it is, there's just all these emotions that tend to surface, yeah. good or bad, because we're with them or not, that I think really do go to a deep place. Yeah. And because um, because we're not navigating them on a regular basis, it can trip people up back into unhealthy patterns mm -hmm. of coping, whether they're the betrayed spouse who's dealing with yeah. trauma or an addicted struggling spouse who's trying to break free from 
patterns of lust and pornography. There's yeah. there's just dangers on either side, and and we really want to be aware of that. Yeah, I think for me the reason why it can be so challenging is just the the change of rhythm and schedule um, with some time off, with more family functions, things like that. For me, I'm a pretty regimented person, and that to me has been really beneficial in my recovery. Um, and when you don't have that, it's like, well, how do I fill this time? What do I do with this? Oh, I'm more idle maybe than I have been before. I'm more bored than I have been before. Um, or I'm more triggered than I have been before and I don't have all the structure to help me um, to stay in place. So I think even that alone is just why this can be such a challenging season for so many people is that change of pace um, and that lack of schedule or rhythm. Yeah, yeah it, it changes our routines and brings new things our way that if we haven't thought about it, we might not deal with well. And that's really the point of doing this podcast is to try to encourage you, the listener, to to think ahead a little bit, to consider what kind of environments Mm -hmm. you'll be in. So uh, Dan, speak to that a little bit. What are some of the things we should be aware of going into any Christmas celebrations if we want to stay healthy and on our road to recovery during the Christmas season? Yeah. Well, two things, you know, you got to know yourself and and you got to know what you're walking into. So don't, don't be blind to either one of those. If, if, if I'm unaware of what I'm walking into, uh, I'm, I'm at a disadvantage. And, and if I certainly, if I don't know myself, even more importantly yeah. on, on how I tend to respond to things, uh, I'm going to have a difficult time. I'm going to, uh, not make cognitive decisions mm-hmm. with my brain, but I'm going to react, uh, out of my experiences and woundedness and, um, my limbic brain. So knowing, knowing myself and yeah. knowing where I'm going is is super important. And if that means, you know, you you have to abstain from a few things yep. or or you have to f- probably on the flip side for me, I have to consciously engage in things. Mm-hmm. Like I I will need to make sure that I don't become a wallflower yep. uh in certain situations. Yeah. I, it's like I'm not there just to go. I'm right. there to to engage and yep. to, and to be a part and that will that yeah. will help. So Yeah, it's like um because some of the things for me are I know I'm going to walk, if I, if I know I'm going to walk into a situation where there's going to be, where there has been in the past a triggering person or situation and I don't make a plan, that's a, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing, and I, and I don't know where everyone who's listening is at when it comes to, um, to alcohol, but like food and alcohol are two things that you're going to run into <laughs> every single time you have any Christmas celebration. And when you are potentially eating off of, you know, a plan that you're on or eating a lot of unhealthy sweet snacks, whatever, and you're drinking alcohol at the same time, and you're also around these triggering people in situations, it's just not a great combination. And so I think being aware of the situations you're going into and making a plan, Mm -hmm. that's what we need to be aware of, that it's important for me to create a plan. And if you do this with your spouse or you do this with a group member or friends or family who are there, um, I think it's really important to know that boundaries can easily get crossed when you take triggering situations bad eating habits and add some alcohol that just can end poorly. Yeah. And whether someone ever drinks or not, I think everyone can relate to that truth that there's just layers. There's layers of things at Christmas from relationships to ways that we numb out or escape and the emotions that come and things that, you know, for those that are nostalgic, maybe put them into kind of an escapist fantasy land that then when they're back into real world with their kids that are not the picturesque family they just saw Mm -hmm. in the movie, they get angry about that. And for others, it's being triggered by past loss or things like you described, Dan. So I think, yeah, just being aware of the layers of things that come at us. Um, The other part I thought of what we need to be aware of going into any situation or celebration is just having that firm awareness of who can I reach out to 
Uh, and what is my plan? You know, just mm-hmm. because we're going into a Christmas uh, break or maybe you have some vacation, you should still have, if you're in group, you should have a commitment to change that you're working on that I really think over uh, breaks or holidays can kind of be that focal point, even that that North Star, if you will, that says that's something I'm keeping my eye on, that I'm heading towards, that yep. will help me stay healthy. Um, and I know I'm going to report back to my group on it. So I'm yep. really making it a, a practice to stay focused there. But then if things are starting to go sideways, whether about my commitment or just mm-hmm. emotionally, knowing how I can reach out to someone, because I, I do think we can hear those voices of, oh, everyone's with their family, everyone's busy, no one's going to want to talk to me. And even if that's true, you know, what I've had in most of my groups is we'll say to one another, I, I might be with family, but call and leave me a message. Because yep. when I see you've called, I'll find a way yep. to, you know, mm-hmm. a few minutes yeah. later, or maybe at the end of the the dinner to call you mm-hmm. back or leave a message and I'll be praying for you because we will talk ourselves out of phone calls, assuming everyone's too busy. So just have a plan of how you can make connection. And even if that means leaving a message, that's going to really create that sense of I'm, I'm not just sitting in this challenge alone. Yeah. So we're going to get into in a little bit, some of the healthy habits and practices we should implement. Um, But let's start on what are some of the things that we need to avoid while in recovery during this Christmas season? To come come to mind off the bat and and we just talked about one and it it isolation mm. that's the number one yeah. reason we stay in in some sort of addiction mm-hmm. um but f- especially in the holiday seasons i've noticed for me um i will not be isolated physically uh, there'll be a lot of people around there'll be a lot of things to yeah. do yep. but emotionally i almost start to feel overwhelmed like mm-hmm. there's too many too much too much interaction going on and I'll and I'll look to cut some sort of connection and the one that I have control over is the one with like my group members and and the people who are emotionally supporting me so I have to be very careful to maintain uh some sort of connection yeah um and then the second one is um there's a lot of perceived expectations that I place on myself or believe others have of me um in this Christmas season, you know, how do we make this right? Something that's always running through my mind, how to make this right for everybody else, how to make everybody else comfortable, yeah. how to, and what do I need to do? And, and what should they be doing? And mm-hmm. how should this go? And it's, it's just crazy how many, uh, expectations I have. And then if I ever stop and ask mm-hmm. my wife, she's like, what are you talking about? Nope. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's on you. And, and so what we do now is we sit down and talk about it. Like what, mm-hmm. what do we, what's our expectations right. of this, of this night or yeah. of this season or of this particular holiday. So talk to them and, and come to an agreement and you'll be much better off, or totally. at least I am. Yeah. So. yeah. You had two, Dan. So I think I have two as well. The way I thought of it, you know, you talk about isolation is um, avoid keeping it to yourself. You know, sometimes we feel like we need to keep it to ourselves to keep the peace, um, you know, not ruffle feathers, not create conflict, don't say that thing. And that that may be true in a social setting, yeah. but for you as an individual, you do need to know where can I go? Who can I go to? When can my wife and mm-hmm. I take a walk? When mm-hmm. can I yeah. process with my brother or, you know, my dad, if I've got a good relationship yeah. with him, whoever is kind of that safe person that you would be able to have times you go, man, here's yeah. what I'm feeling or here's yeah. what triggered me today. Here's, yeah. and just to be able to kind of get that out, um, the second thing I think we need to avoid is taking a break from recovery yeah. because I, I do hear that a lot. We feel mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a break. And so suddenly boundaries can go mm-hmm. out the window, right. guardrails, like, well, we were on a trip. So taking my phone into places I usually wouldn't, it's yeah. it's different. It doesn't right. matter. It's holiday. It's like, 
No, your your boundaries are probably there for a time like this more than more at so. any other time. Yeah, that's and right. Something I would encourage you to do is take out your your guardrails or your three circles tool or however you have them written out and mm -hmm. go through them with a group member or your spouse to just say, are all of these possible for me to follow during Christmas or yeah. on our trip or yeah. when we're with our family? Mm -hmm. And if, yeah. if any of them need adjustments because it is a unique situation, talk about yeah. that with someone ahead of time so that you're really kind of held in a safe space yeah. by not just having everything go out the window and then thinking you'll be, you know, safe enough to navigate that without those boundaries. Yeah. Sure. I have a tendency to wing it, meaning like I don't want to plan. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to like, let's just get there and have a good time. Let's just like, just wing it. Um, because it takes so much mental energy to have those conversations and to communicate and to identify those triggering people or situations. And so for me, that is what I would encourage anyone to avoid is just mm -hmm. winging it, thinking, oh, it's going to be okay. Be fine. Uh, like maybe, <laughs> mm -hmm. but there's a really high probability that something's going to happen mm -hmm. that you didn't expect or for some reason, your brain continues to block out that every single Christmas, this really hard conversation with this one uncle always happens mm -hmm. and you go home really upset and you freak out at your wife or your spouse or your kids or whatever. Um, and so I think for me, uh, doing the hard work is really important to not just wing it because I'm just telling you, if you walk in unprepared for situations like that, it's not, it's never good, at least mm -hmm. in my camp, yeah. it's never good. Yeah. And those un uh, unexpected situations will happen. Yeah. There's, there's no way to uh -uh. to anticipate them all and and knowing that they will i mean give give each other grace like yeah. hey i know yeah. we're we're all just trying to enjoy the holidays yep. we often say we're just trying to get through the holidays and it's kind of a defeatist attitude it is that yeah. survival yeah, yeah right. exactly it's like man it actually can be really pleasurable this yep. can be a lot of fun mm -hmm. and and know that we're we're all trying to have fun and, and enjoy. Yep. And there's going to be times when I'm way healthier than I am mm -hmm. at other times. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So on that note, Dan, what are some good holiday habits or practices that we could implement this week? What what could help us not only survive yep. <laughs> uh, but thrive during this week of yeah holidays? Well, there's a couple that that often get left. Behind and the first one is self care. Mm -hmm. My my healthy habits tend to go out the window as you know you're you're with people late and you you're tired so you don't get up and and read and journal, or you don't mm -hmm. take time to take your walk or do whatever it is you need to do. So maintain self care. Uh, that's that's one thing that we can do. And then go back to the communication. If if there's ever a time to over communicate. It's during these yep. extra stressful times. You yep. don't want to, um, again, let things simmer, let them build up, uh, let uh, even those uncomfortable situations where mm -hmm. you think you'll get back to it later, get back to it, circle back and and, yeah. and take that time. So, yeah. and you, you mentioned it. Uh, my um, counselor told me as we were entering towards uh, some holiday, it's like, we don't, uh, our addiction never takes vacation so our healing shouldn't yeah, either. Right. So stay in group, even if you have to switch the day, if you happen to meet, meet on Christmas Eve or Christmas yep. Day, yeah. figure out a different time, figure out a different way, but, yeah. but maintain maintain your healthy habits. Yeah. Um, honestly, one of the things that has been most helpful for me, and it's funny because at, and, and Nick, you mentioned it earlier, like the habits and the things that we need to do most in recovery are four times like this, mm -hmm. more so than any other time. And so things like going to bed early and getting up early, 
It's just like, no, it's Christmas. I should be able to sleep in. I should mm-hmm. stay up super late. I should drink all this crap and whatever. Um, and by crap, I meant like hot chocolate yeah. and yeah. going super sugary. I didn't mean, you know, <laughs> getting shammered or something. But um, as small as that is, if you go to bed earlier and wake up early, like there's just something to that I think is really good for our psyche. And so for me, something as practical as that, like Matt can tell you last night, I went to bed at 9.15 and it was amazing. And that's... <laughs> For me, that's just a healthy habit. That's a small thing that I have control over. Most of the time I have two young kids. Most of the time I have control over um, that sets me up for success the next day. And I think that that's a good philosophy to have. What are things that I can do now in preparation for tomorrow that will help me tomorrow? Mm -hmm. What are things, small things, whether it's diet, drinking water, going to bed, early waking up early, those kind of things. I think we can get really practical with those and those can be pretty helpful if you add all those pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of this to me just says, have a plan, mm-hmm. have a game plan of yep. if there are areas where you splurge, cause it's not bad to enjoy a big meal or eat totally. a bunch of desserts. Like, yeah. I think we all have areas that we kind of look forward to even as a splurge over Christmas. But I think then we need a plan of, well, how will I kind of in a healthy way recover from that? Totally. How will I yeah. compensate that if I do eat yeah. a huge meal one night that the next day I'm, I'm going to make sure I get some exercise and I have some healthier diet choices. And I've just thought through like, what are the potential mm-hmm. um, hurdles I'm going to face and how am I going to navigate them so that where the areas I do kind of let loose and stay up late yeah. playing games one night that that then the next day I'm not responsible for a whole bunch of things mm-hmm. that, that yeah. there's kind of a recovery zone in there. Right. Because I think if we have a game plan and then we execute it with the help of others, there, there, there is flexibility within the, the, the freedom that we need. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that discipline in the right areas creates freedom mm-hmm. in the way we want it. Yep. Yeah. Um, something just came to mind. I, I literally realized this this weekend. Um, I got to, um, I got to Sunday and realized that I was really irritable and I've been snapping at my, specifically my four and a half year old, um, which I tend to snap at him more than anybody in my house. Um, And so I'm saving for his counseling right now. Um, I'm also in counseling right now for his benefit. Um, But (laughs) what I realized is that on Sunday, I get to this point most weekends because um, I, I don't tend to read my Bible and journal. Like those are things that I do every day. It's just part of a rhythm that I've created in my life. But on Saturday and Sunday, I don't. And by the time I've done a full day Saturday and I'm going to the end and I get to the end of Sunday, it's like, I had this thought, why am I just like chirping at him? And I realized it's because I break my rhythm Mm -hmm. and I don't have something that centers me and um, allows me to connect with the Lord, connect with my body, with my emotions, with my thoughts. Um, And so I'm just like letting those things run rampant without any like recovery work he basically done on it. And so I think being aware um, of that, and again, we've talked about it already on this episode that... Um, those healthy practices that you're already doing now, you need to do them even more so in this time because those are the things that are going to help. So that's just a connection I've made recently. Um, Okay, so a really fun and exciting and loaded word is boundaries. (laughs) Um, And so first question is, this is a two-parter, are boundaries okay? This is not a two-parter. This is really a one-parter. Are boundaries okay during the holidays or is it ever okay to disregard them when we're around our family? Well, the loaded question of boundaries is often loaded because we feel like boundaries says you're an unsafe person Mm. and I have to put up something to separate us so that you don't hurt me. And and the purpose of boundaries is not that. The purpose of boundaries is to protect relationships. So anything, a boundary can be for me so that I can engage is is a 
is so that I can engage well in a situation. So a boundary is a, is a loving thing that we can provide to ourselves and others. Um, if we're honest, we're going to have to change or be very purposeful in, in our boundaries over the holidays. Yeah. Um, it's Again, it's a unique time. And mm-hmm. some of the times the boundaries that we set for normal life just don't apply. Yeah. I think you mentioned that already, Nick. So um, for me, an example, I don't ever text another female. Um, I always do it if, if I text a female, I include a male in it. Well, I wanted to surprise my wife with a present before I knew mm-hmm. that she didn't actually want a present from me, <laughs> which is not true. She actually does want to, you know what I mean. It's complicated. Anyway, uh, but- She's um, going to love it when she hears I know, this episode. She, eh, she, she might. Um, <laughs> so I, a, a friend of ours was going to get the gift and so that- uh, I could give it to her as a surprise. Mm-hmm. Instead of just texting her, I crossed up. I I set a new boundary. I I uh, texted her and her husband, mm-hmm. but without Jen. I would never have done that. I would always yeah. include Jen yeah. on the text right. to someone right. else like right. that. So so I updated and amended my boundary mm-hmm. uh, so that I could remain safe. You know, I'm yep. I'm keeping true the value I have, mm-hmm. uh, but still was able to to accomplish a goal. So. Um, we just have to be really purposeful, and it's probably time to um, update, like you said, or um, or reset our boundaries yeah. as as the holiday dictates. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we need to be clear about what the boundaries are for. That if I have a boundary either to help my spouse feel safe mm-hmm. and continue to rebuild trust, or I have a boundary because I'm aware of areas that I become triggered and are part of my old pattern into acting out, mm-hmm. those are there to help and protect me. And why would I remove them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I really think would be foolishness because mm-hmm. it's it's this, uh, it's essentially saying, I can handle this by myself yeah. now without the right. boundary. And mm-hmm. that's classic addiction thinking of, right. I can do it alone. Yeah. And then how many times I've heard stories or looked into my own story, and that's the very thing mm-hmm. that started a downward spiral because like, oh, I ignored all my internet boundaries and I was wasting time online. Yep. And pretty soon yep. mm-hmm. you're triggered and you're ending up places you never planned to go, but it all started with you ignored boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we can remember boundaries are there to help me and help rebuild trust yeah. with my spouse, why would I want to let go of them? Yeah. Now, it can also be helpful to maybe distinguish between boundaries and, and disciplines yeah. because I think if we have disciplines about how much we exercise, um, how much sleep we get, those we might fudge on some during a break. Totally. But that's not about you know keeping us from addiction. Those are things we're working on growing. And I, I think there's a difference there where we can take a little holiday of, hey, I, usually I work out four times a week, but we're on this trip with yeah. family. It's probably only be yeah. once or twice, and, and that's okay. Yeah. I'm still moving in the right direction, yeah. but I'm going to give myself a little freedom to, to not have to be, mm-hmm. you know, for the really structured person as structured. But just like you said, Trevor, we have to know what helps us, what keeps us moving down yeah. that path, yeah. because I think there can be some flexibility, but we don't want to remove anything yeah. that's, that's keeping us healthy and mm-hmm. away from an addiction or something that could really hurt other people. I think one of the things too with this question, because we will end up around family. And I think for me, I'll just speak. Uh, one of the things me and my counselor have been talking about, he used this um, this phrase called a cloud of legacy. And it's something where we all have this innate 
um, drive to make our parents or caregivers proud of us or affirm us or um, appreciate us. And so for me, I'm very quick to lay my boundaries down at the feet of that. Like I, I want my parents to feel loved and pursued. And um, I think at times what I do is I end up taking responsibility for their expectations, even though they may not have it. It's what I've projected as their expectation. Um, and recently I was reading through some of um, Cloud and Townsend's um, book, Boundaries, and they describe it as um, a boundary is identifying what is my job and what isn't my job. And what isn't my job is to meet the expectations of everyone, is to make sure that my parents feel loved and appreciated by me bending over backwards and dropping all of my boundaries and being unhealthy. And I think the reason why I would suggest having boundaries if, if needed, I mean, don't just arbitrarily throw boundaries around, but if it's needed, understand that those boundaries are for that family member's benefit, but also for, I think about my family, my wife and my kids. If I'm, you know, fudging on, that's such a funny word, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> if I am fudging on my boundaries, that tends to put me um, further down the faster scale. I tend to be more anxious, tend to be more critical, and that impacts my wife, that impacts my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we need to understand that our boundaries are not just so that we are healthy, but that my health or lack thereof does impact the people directly around me. And I think that's important when getting into the holiday season to consider other people in that way. So if we do find ourselves at family functions or celebrations, um, which many of us will be at over this holiday and, and the various trips we take, and we realize that we are in a place where we're becoming triggered, and maybe that's triggered emotionally, or maybe it's triggered towards our old addictive behavior, uh, what are ways we would suggest someone could handle this? That is the more loaded question because <laughs> that is so individual. Yeah. Like depending on the situation, who you are, how mm. you handle yeah. your triggers in general. Yeah. I mean, so like I can speak for myself. If I'm, if someone's triggering me, like if I'm in a conversation and I get angry, my tendency is to shut down. That's not necessarily a bad thing uh, in the moment because it doesn't, escalate anything yeah. in the time, but, it but it, but it can make the rest of the evening suck for myself and everyone else, yeah. um, as I'm, you know, yeah. down and feel right. angry and frustrated. Right. So, you know, for me, maybe a better response is to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to go grab a Coke and, you know, yeah. I don't know, do whatever yeah. and get, get just away from remove you. My, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, don't say that. That doesn't, but, um, <laughs> that'll you know, escalate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You never know, um, but but really, there it's so dependent on on who you are and and what the situation is. So um, again, this is where knowing yourself mm -hmm. and knowing the situation yes. you're walking into is yes. so important, um, so that I can know: if, is this a company Christmas party with you know 400 people where you know you're going to run into someone that you you know that guy from accounting? It's always that guy yeah, from accounting. Well, that, yep, yeah. Gary from HR. <laughs> He's a jerk. <laughs> And good thing it so, works in HR. Yeah. Yeah. All the jerks work in HR. That's oh, for wow. sure. Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, sorry if you're a listener and you but work in HR. That's going to be a very different situation than, you know, a, a potentially intimate family, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, get together. So, yeah. so really just know and map out what you need to do and, and the situations that you're going to 
endure. And and off of that too, if you know that and you've made a plan, part of that plan should be reaching out to a group member saying, hey, mm-hmm. I'm about to go into a situation um, and maybe it's a day before, maybe it's the day of, whatever it is, just say, hey, uh, this weekend I'm going to be with some family or I'm going to be with some friends and I tend to get triggered around this individual or this situation. Um, I'm going to check in with you at the end of the night. Or if I get triggered, I'm going to check in with you. I'm just going to send you a text. Um, and I just want you to be prepared for that. Just be aware that I'm going to send that. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is when you schedule that and you kind of make that agreement, there's a little bit of accountability that's built in. And so um, for me, I've already established before I even get into the situation, I know where I'm going to go when that happens. Maybe it doesn't happen. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Carry on. But if it does happen, I know I've already established that person. Another thing too is, you know, depending on in your recovery journey with your spouse, if you guys are at a healthy place or a healthier place where communication is open and you both feel safe with each other, then that your spouse could be that person too. I've had that where me or my wife uh, will get triggered by something and we'll walk up to each other and just be like, I'm really struggling right now. Could you you know, tap in for me. I'm going to go, you know, to the restroom. I'm going to go get some water. I'm going to go outside, whatever. Don't go outside. It's really cold. But it's, I think that that's okay. Um, and again, that's part of the planning that if we know that this is potentially a triggering situation and it's going to be tough, we've already had a plan. We've already talked about it on the drive over there. Then when we walk in, we're not going to be surprised, you know, and I'm quick to just sometimes my wife, if she does get triggered. I'm just like, what, really? No, like they didn't mean it that way. Yeah. And I'm just like minimizing it. Mm-hmm. But you know, for me, and it and it has helped me, if we make a plan going in, I know there's that potential. And so I'm prepared for when that situation comes up and I can respond a lot more understanding with a lot more understanding and grace. So I, again, planning, but then identifying who that person is and reaching out, I think it's going to be really helpful. Yeah. We, we talk about in our recovery journey that we need an escape plan. And I yep. think when we're in, whether it's a social situation or with family, and we're aware that we have emotional triggers, past woundedness, things that we're working through to, to have that escape plan, whether it's with a spouse or a family member that just kind of code words of, Hey, I, I need to grab something from the car or I left yeah. something in my code. I need yeah. to use the restroom just, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean you're going to run away and not come back. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't advise just because then you're really getting into your limbic brain and fleeing. Yeah. Yep. But when you need a time to take a couple of minutes of deep breaths yeah. and what you yeah. were saying earlier, Trevor, to, to get centered and kind of mm-hmm. get back to a place where you're okay with yourself, okay with God and mm-hmm. in a healthy mindset. You know, we joked about it before this podcast began, but it's something we refer to as staying within your window of tolerance is where you're able to think clearly, your your prefrontal cortex in your brain is still engaged, yep. you're able to be rational yep. and, and approach people with decency. When any one of us gets triggered um, emotionally or sexually and our heart rate goes up and our vision focus and our frontal lobe is shutting down, that's called going limbic. And if we're going limbic, yep. nothing good is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you need, and if you realize I'm getting to a limbic place, whether in relationship or just old triggers to old behavior, I need to be able to escape to a spot where mm-hmm. I can re- refocus, yep. take deep breaths, yep. and get back into that healthy window of tolerance because then I can function better. So mm-hmm. if, if you don't know what that would look like for you, yeah. as Dan said, I think it could be different for every person. But if, if you just kind of sit in the situation and believe, well, I'm going to endure it, you're probably going to end up blowing yep. up at someone yep. or going further than you meant. And so you right. need to have that plan um, and communicate it to other people. Yeah. 
I feel like we've talked a, lo a lot of different encouragements for people, just things to be aware of. Um, but just as we end this episode, knowing that only in a few days, people will be stepping into Christmas with their immediate family, but then might have celebrations around that time. What encouragement would you just give to those people in this season? I alluded it to it a little bit earlier, but this isn't doesn't have to be a time necessarily that we just endure and and try to get through. Um, this can be a really good time of year, and especially if we take the uh, perspective of, of I can literally create new experiences and memories based on this Christmas. And and there's a lot of baggage mm -hmm. from the last ones. I I have my own, and Christmas time is a pretty difficult time for for us in the sense of that's when everything really came out mm. and we went into a yeah. horrific Christmas. Um, and my wife threw away all my Christmas gifts that I gave her that year, which I'm glad for. Cause I don't think I could stand to look at them at this point. Cause wow. it would just yeah. make me feel, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was an awful, awful time, yeah. but this Christmas is this Christmas and I can be attentive and I can be loving and I can mm. be uh, all the things that, that I, I value this time. And over time, that will become a reality as well. So yeah. it's an opportunity for me. And and I, uh, that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. That's for anybody. That's a yeah. good line. This Christmas is this Christmas. It's yeah. okay to move on yeah. from the last one. Yeah, that's what recovery is all about is being present, yeah. right? Being able to live in yeah. the current moment and be fully myself and yeah. at peace and not caught up in the past yeah. or living in fear yep. of the future. So yep. that, that's a great word. And I think what came to mind for me, I, we have brought up a lot of concerns, mm -hmm. dangers, things to watch out for, but I would just encourage everyone that there are many hidden opportunities, I think, within our mm -hmm. Christmas celebrations yeah. where we can learn more about ourselves mm -hmm. and our spouse. And, and I would encourage you to go into those situations just with open hands and, and an open heart to God saying, help mm -hmm. me to see new things about myself. Because if you're in your, especially you're in your first year of recovery, there are probably things that will come up in the next week that yeah. that you're learning about like in group or other places. And there's going to be some connect the dot moments of like, oh, I didn't realize how much I kind of just give in to yeah. whatever my dad asks and I yeah. don't stand up for myself. I didn't realize how much I'd taken after my mom's personality of trying yeah. to make everyone happy. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I've never seen. Mm -hmm. And and some of these things might be at first a little humbling, like, oh man, that, that's hard. But <laughs> see the opportunity yeah. of how much you can yeah. grow of of understanding yourself in all the contexts of, of your life, because that's, I think, where we talk about healing being this long journey that mm -hmm. even if you've had a few good weeks of recovery, if you haven't learned to implement that recovery in all the different parts of your life, which includes your celebration of holidays and family of origin issues, then your healing is still incomplete. So this is an opportunity to keep growing, to keep learning, and yeah. then to implement what you learn yeah. into your future recovery. Yeah. Uh, two things come to mind. One is... Um, Relapse is a possibility <laughs> uh, around holidays. Um, and so I think, um, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you should or that it's healthy to, what I'm suggesting is to just be aware um, and, and pay attention. Identify the things that did trigger you. Identify the things about your family of origin that you're starting to see in recovery show up over and over again, those themes. Um, and so just pay really, really close attention um, to where you're at emotionally um, and, and where you're at as far as getting triggered and those, those moments of going limbic. Um, it's really hard to think clearly. It's almost, it's actually impossible when you go limbic to think clearly, but 
uh, reflect back on those moments. I mean, don't just let those moments sit in the past. Um, and then, you know, one of the biggest things that's that's helpful for me in recovery in any season, but specifically in this one, is pursuing those outer circle uh, habits, those healthy things, and specifically scheduling those things. Because as I said at the top, they, this is a time where there isn't a lot of schedule. There's uh, the rhythm is messed up. It's not um, it's not your everyday kind of week. And so if you can schedule those things out, one of my favorite authors um, and productivity guys, Michael Hyatt, says, "What gets scheduled gets done." And so if you schedule recovery, if you schedule health, it'll get done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's just my final encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, like we walked into this thinking, you know, this is going to be just another one of those like prototypical Christmas episodes. But I think we talked about a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. I think that we revisited a lot of things that are helpful in this season. And I will say this, if you're listening to this episode after Christmas or even in 2022, that's okay because these principles still apply. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, but it is possible. I, I want to just circle back to what Dan said that this can be a season you're not just surviving, but you are thriving. Mm-hmm. And uh, this Christmas, it can be this Christmas. Those are just two really good words. So uh, we do, listener, hope you have a very Merry Christmas and you do continue moving on in health and recovery because it is possible. Dan, thanks for hanging out with us and Merry Christmas. So grateful to be here for the fourth time this year. <laughs> <laughs> and wherever you're at on your journey, Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is impacted by sexual brokenness or betrayal trauma, go to puredesire.org and let's start the healing journey today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Each week we put out new content to help you on the road to healing and freedom. And lastly, never stop being healthy.